eternal father we just want to thank you Lord we thank you Lord tonight for your mercy Lord to know that there's a lamb that's on the mercy seat today make an intercession for us father as our pastor's been ministering Lord on the veil and we're privileged people tonight that we can look behind that veil not only look but we can go behind the veil tonight in the presence of the Shekinah glory Lord in the presence of the mercy seat father and receive help in our time of need. Lord, we're asking tonight that you would come by our way and speak to us, Father. You see the words that you have given us, Lord, the, the scriptures and the quotes and the thought. But Lord, these things are futile and useless unless you come by our way and breathe the breath of life on it tonight. And Lord, we're, we're asking that you would come by our way, Lord. Speak through these lips of clay, Father. Speak to the ears of the listener tonight. May we all be in one heart, one accord, Lord, in harmony with one another. But most importantly, Father, in harmony with you and your spirit tonight to be able to receive the instruction that you would have for us. We love you now, Father. We give our lives to you. We give us service to you. We commit it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'll have you turn to Isaiah 60. We're going to look here in verse 1 and verse 2. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. The Bible says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen in thee. Amen. You can be seated tonight. And I want to speak to you just for a little bit. This is a message that I was studying at the beginning of the year, at the turn of the year, and um, was preparing to bring it actually back at our meeting time when we had our meetings I was preparing to, to speak this but the Lord changed our thought but tonight I want to speak to you on arise and shine Amen. if you just give me just a little bit more volume up here just so I can hear myself and we find here that I'm not going to look so much at the beginning of this service on chapter or verse 1 we're going to look at verse 2 the Bible says for behold darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness to people but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen in, in thee this word darkness here is the word obscurity, and the word obscurity means the quality of being difficult to understand. It's a thing that is unclear, it's hard to understand, and the Bible prophesies that this darkness is going to cover the earth, or it's going to spread over the earth, or it's going to overwhelm the earth. And I believe we find this parallel in Exodus in chapter 10 and verse 21. The Bible would read, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand toward heaven, and that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in the land of Egypt three days, that they saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So we find that this time, this darkness, was a, was a plague that Moses struck the land of Egypt with, and it was considered the ninth plague. It was right before a greater plague that was coming. But the Bible would say it was darkness that could be felt. Yeah. 
So this darkness, was, it had a supernatural element to it. It wasn't just walking outside and there was no light, but it could be felt. It could be touched. It was so dark that it put out all the rays of the sunlight. It was so dark that it put out the man-made light that was in their dwellings. It was so dark that the people didn't even leave their dwellings. They didn't even rise up from their homes. They stayed there for three solid days. That was an element of darkness that was on the land of Egypt being called on by a prophet of God. And we find it was so dark they shut themselves in their homes for three days. But the Bible speaks there's a greater darkness that's coming. It says that gross darkness is going to be on the people. There's a darkness, an obscurity on the land, but there's an even grosser darkness. And the word here, this word darkness, if you look them up, there are two different words, two different meanings. One is obscurity. The other one here, as we look at gross darkness, it means a heavy cloud, a, a darkness, a, a dark tempest. It's a thick vapor. See, the idea is here that the nations would be enveloped in a cloud of ignorance and sin, so dense and so obscure that no light could penetrate through it. And we find that this, the day that we're living in is a very type of what they were seeing in that day. Dark cloud of sin and unbelief has so engulfed the people of this age that they can't see right and wrong. We live in such an age that everyone is easily offended. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong, and if you say anything about it, they get offended whether they're wrong or right. It doesn't matter. That's the age in which we're living in because darkness has, has overcome the people. And Brother Branham was saying the message of Patmos Vision. He says, listen now, as we go into the church ages, every evil that was in the first church lapped over into the next one. So every evil that was in the first church age lapped over, continued over, and only got worse in, in each preceding age. And now we're at the last stage. It's not gotten any better, church. I like the way that the Bible says in Genesis 6 and verse 5 that God saw the wickedness of man and how great it was in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. So man, his, his whole thinking, the unconverted man, let's put it like that, the unconverted man, his thinking is on evil continually. His heart, even in the beginning in Genesis, was on evil. How much worse is his heart today? Man has not gotten any closer to God. He's only gotten further away from God. And the further away that he goes, the darker that he becomes. See, man's imagination, his whole imagination what this signifies is that his purpose and his desires are to sin. So it's a dark obscurity, a gross darkness, a cloud. You know, Brother Bama said there's something that hung over him. It was a, a spirit hung over him that kept him from coming to, the, to giving his life to the Lord before he, when he came to the age of accountability. And it said, wait a little bit longer. And he identified this as a spirit, and he said it was a devil. And I believe that even today, some of the young people, and if not all of us, we have had that same spirit tell us, wait a little bit longer. Wait a little bit longer. Wait till youth camp. Wait till after youth camp. Wait till you get, a, wait till you get married or till you get a boyfriend. Wait a little bit longer. And you know what? A lot of people have waited, and now they're in complete, utter darkness. And young people, you keep waiting. You keep playing games with God. Your time is going to run out because the Bible says, let him that be filthy be filthy still. But while you have light, John 12, verse 35 says, Yet while the light is with you, walk while you have light. 
lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. In the message influence, we find that it's in the seventh watch that the bridegroom, the bridegroom comes, correct? He says, now the seventh watch, he come in, some fell asleep in the first watch, the second, the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And in the seventh watch, there come a cry, behold, the bridegroom cometh. The seventh church age, that's the watch. That's the age that watched it. And this is the Laodicean church age at the end of it. He goes, oh, why won't you wake up, you saints of the Lord? Why slumber when the time is nearing or the end is nearing? He says, we're here at the end of all things, the end of history, the end of civilization. You can see it. Look out on the street. If that was in 1963, what about our day today? Oh, church, why don't you wake up? Some of us wake up and pinch ourselves and realize this thing is not getting any better. His coming is imminent. His time is drawing nigh. And some of us are groping in darkness. We're thinking, oh, we got time and we got time. We'll wait till our favorite preacher. We're going to wait till youth camp or to our anniversary means you're not promised youth camp. You're not promised a special meeting, but you are promised tonight. He goes, it's not just only here, but it's everywhere. The end of everything. How cruel men and all the kind of wicked things that they're doing. The world is perverted. And if you don't believe that, you're either blind or stupid. Excuse me for using the word stupid. But this world is insane. So insane that in 1963, Brother Aaron spoke on this. He brought this quote up, and it was just already in my notes, but... I like how he said it, but he says, just think, what could you promise yourself today in another 10 or 15 years if the world should stand, if it does stand, that every man in Shreveport, every woman, you'll have to pack a gun on the street with you in your pocket to protect yourself. The hoodlums, how are you going to stop it? See, he was looking and he could see our time, our day. And we find that if you do some research, Shreveport, Louisiana is ranked number 18 on the top 25 murder capitals in America. It's ranked number 18. Oh, give yourself a hand. The, the, the murder rate increased from 22 to 42 from 2015 to 2016. Rape increased 23%. Robbery increased 7%. Aggravated assault increased nine, or 17 or 16%. Violent crimes increased 949 Aren't you glad to live in Laodicea? And notice this was the state, this is the state shortly after one of the greatest revivals struck our country. And you find man didn't get close, though it called out the elect, but man only got further and further and further away from God to where now many of us have to have a handgun in our pocket just to protect ourselves. And I know firsthand, just last Saturday, not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before last, me and my son was headed to Monroe, Louisiana. I was thinking, I'm going to buy me a cell phone or buy one for my daughter because she's about to turn 16 and we'll be driving. And, you know, we got to be able to keep tabs on her. So we, I messaged the guy on Facebook Marketplace. I, we're going to meet at a certain, certain place. He gave me his address. I said, I'm not going to meet you at your home. I'll meet you at a store. Great. 12 o'clock in the daylight. You know, that's, that's bright, right? That's middle of the day. So we, we go over there, we text, he calls me, I'm on my way, da 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 Well, an hour went by, and he never showed up. I said, look, man, I'm about to leave. He texts me, I just walked in the store. So he walked out. When he walked out, me and my son drove up beside him. And all, I don't know how my doors and my car unlocked, but he jumped in the back seat, and I wasn't even stopped. My foot's barely on the brake, and I'm reaching back, saying, okay, 
you know, let me see the phone because it startled me that he's in my car. So I turned back just a minute because I was playing Brother Bradham. I cut him off. And when I reached back and looked back, he pulled out a knife that long. Held it up to my throat. Said, give me everything you got, man. I'll stab you. I'll stab you, man. And I just knocked the knife away like kind of like that. But when I did, it got close to my son's neck. You think we're living in a, oh, a fairy tale land? This is a dark, evil day. In broad daylight, people all around, and yet they don't care. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about their actions. Man's mind, man's heart, man's thoughts, man's ideas, man's purposes, and man's desires is on evil continually. How can I get something from nothing? And this is the world that we live in. It's insane. It's gross darkness. But the Bible prophesied there would be a greater darkness, a gross darkness. And we look here in Exodus 12 and verse 21. Moses called for the elders of Israel. And he said unto them, draw out and take your lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel of the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of this house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians and when he seeth the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and he will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. So we're finding that there was a deeper, gloomier darkness that was coming. They had the plague of darkness where they didn't see, they felt it. And you could feel the evil in this day. But there's coming an even greater darkness. There's coming, Brother Branham, would, he would call it the death angel. And we find that yet though the e Egypt had a, a curse or a plague put on them, there was light for the children of Israel. And we have received light in our day. We have received instructions on how to get out of here. Psalms 119, 105 would say that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We have received instruction. We have received light. And it's what you do with that light. It's what you do with that instruction that's going to make it to where you escape the oncoming judgment or not. In verse 29, and it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. From the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on the throne unto the firstborn of the captives that was in the dungeon. And all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one that was dead. What an awful plague. What a deep darkness that was sweeping over the land of Egypt. And the message God's provided a way, the prophet of God would take this and he would begin to dramatize it. And he would say, God said, when you are under the blood, stay there. Come on, church. How many of you are under the blood tonight? Stay there. Don't go out until I got to get me a testimony. I need to go out and, and find myself, sow my wild oats. If you're under the blood, stay under the blood. If you're under God's protection, stay under God's protection. I was that close from losing my life a week and a half ago. But it's because I'm under the blood. And not one hair of my head could be touched without him going before the Heavenly Father and getting permission. And the same thing for you tonight. If you're under the protection of the blood. He says, now, stay there. Not in and out, not in and out. Stay there. But he says, after a while it come midnight and a great dark roaring cloud come up. Yes, sir. Right. I can look coming 
back through yonder and I see two big black wings spread out across the nation. Here it comes. I can hear the priest of the family, the father say, there's the death angel sweeping the land now. Too late now. Oh, even like tabernacle, don't let it be too late for you. Too late now, and directly I can see him dip down into the valley and hear a scream come up from out of the house. The son was dead. And he went and, he, and away he went, and directly he comes right down into another house, and he goes in, and the big black wing closes in around the house, and screams come up. That son is dead. But I can hear the little boy, Daddy, take another look. Daddy, take another look. Be sure that there's blood on the door. And I believe it does us good tonight to, to check and make sure there's blood on the door. If there's ever been a time to go and take a little bit and open the door and look out there and make sure that the blood has been applied to the door of your heart. This is not the time to be playing church. This is not the time to be playing Christianity. This is the time to make sure that the blood has been applied to the door of your heart. Not only that, this is the time for you daddies to make sure that your house is in the, it's been, uh, the blood has been applied to your home. It's time that we make sure that the blood is on the door. If there's ever been a time for the high priest of the home to check, it's in our day. It's in our day. When the fathers need to look, gross darkness has overwhelmed this age. The death angel's wings just begin to cover our nation, our world. Suicide is at its highest. More people are medicated and, and operating machinery and vehicles under medication. Seven out of ten Americans are on prescription medication. You can't listen to the news without hearing about murders, rapes, some sort of violence, political corruption. All the commercials are filled with homosexuality and sex and unrighteousness. And, are, and the songs today are shrouded in foul language and lewdness. And I ask you, fathers, high priests of your home, is the blood applied? Or have we allowed makeup to come back in our homes thinking, oh, they're going to grow up and grow out of it one day? Brother Joe, that's the pastor's responsibility to preach on that. You very well may be correct. But somebody's got to apply the blood tonight. And I'm not just speaking of even like tabernacle. We know that our sermons go around the world. But think about it. Have we, we've allowed these things to come back thinking, oh, they're going to reach their age of maturity and they're going to grow out of it. And yet you've allowed that to come in. What you're essentially saying is the blood is not on the door because they had to go in the house, kick all the trash out, slay a lamb and apply the blood to the door and stay there until the morning. Have we allowed Hollywood fashion to come into our homes to where now our, our sisters are more concerned about their curves they are besides their heart with God. They're more concerned about how they look. I ask you, fathers, this is not on the moms. This is on the, the high priest of the home. Where's the blood on the door? Well, Brother Joe, get off the girls for a minute. Okay, what about the video games, boys? What about Fallout and Fortnite? Well, Brother Joe, that game, they just keeps changing. And it's not all that bad because you don't see blood. But yet they're training you to kill somebody else. They're teaching you that life is no value. Just shoot, shoot, shoot until you're the last one standing. That's the mindset of a darkened generation. That's not the mindset of God's people. God's people is whosoever will. Let them come. The spirit and the bride say come. Come, not kill, kill. And we're teaching ourselves and we're desensitizing ourselves to the things of this world. We're like the frog that's put in the pot. 
Oh, it's sin slowly being heated up, and we don't think anything about the conditions of the world and the things that we allow ourselves to consume and bring into our home. And before you know it, we're boiling and we're dead. So this is not the time to pretend that the blood is on the door. This is not the hour. This is not the day. You need to make sure. Brother Brown was saying in the token message, he says, no matter how good you are, how much you say you're a believer, God required the token. He required it in Egypt, and he requires it tonight. He requires it tonight. Still, the token is just as much required in this age as it was in that age. I don't care if you're a Bible student, how well you can explain the scriptures. Satan can do the same thing. God requires one thing, even the light tabernacle. He requires one thing, not a pedigree of who your family is. He requires one thing, and that's the token. That's the blood. That's the life of an innocent lamb. That's the life of your lamb. He's got to be on display. And when I see my life manifesting through you, I'll pass over you. So the blood has got to be on the door. See, death was ready to strike Egypt. Then, at any time, it was great. It was a great, tremendous time. God has showed them grace by showing his power. He showed them signs and wonders, and still they refused to repent. Well, that's just Moses' idea. Do you know that some of the Israelites were killed as well? Because some of them thought, well, that's just Moses. Moses done got too hot out there when he spent that 40 years in the desert. Well, that's just Brother Tim's idea. You know, this is the only thing he's ever known. He's never been out in the world to taste it and see how good it is and, and kind of can compromise on some of the standards. That's just his idea. Or that's just Brother Branham's idea. Let me tell you, this is not just Brother Branham's idea. This is not just another man's idea. This is God's idea. This is God's thought. The blood must be applied. We find people today... They find it very difficult to come to church on a regular basis because the blood is not on the door. It's not going to be this gloomy the whole service, I promise you. We've seen signs and wonders. We've seen miracles done, and yet people still refuse. They just drag in, or they just have a denominational character, a denominational spirit about them with serving God. The denominational view is not going to work, church. The denominational view killed Egypt. They had a denominational religion. They had a denominational view. But to the elect of God, there was light in their dwelling because there was blood applied to the door. And there's a life that's been provided in this age because we too have received that message from God, a prophet with instruction, how to get out of Laodicea, how to escape the oncoming judgment, how to escape the greater darkness or the grosser darkness that's coming and it's going to prevail this age in the mindset and the people of this age. He goes, wow, they were not just to come together and talk about it, say, well, I believe it. They were come together to apply the blood, not, not come and say, oh, you sure, I believe that, walk on. He goes, they had to come and apply the blood that, was, that the token might be seen and get beneath it. And that's today. We sit, we hear the message preached, we read it out of the Bible. Oh, yes, I believe that. That ain't what God requires. No matter how much you believe it, you got to have it. He says, church, wake up. And let me just reiterate that. Church, even the light, wake up. 
Some of you need to wake up and really have a real gospel experience, a real Holy Ghost experience, a real baptizing with the blood of Jesus Christ experience, a real token applying experience in your life, in your home, in your family. It's time that we apply the blood. It's time that we apply the blood. Fathers, apply it to your children. Look at their smartphones. Watch what they're doing. Don't just be naive and think, oh, my kid ain't going to do that. God sent down a message, and he sent down a messenger to give us instruction. What a privileged people we are to receive instructions on how to leave Laodicea. Notice what this prophet was able to do in our day. We look here in the message of true vine and the false vine. He says, now, there's an evil spirit moving in the audience. It's coming to this woman sitting here, standing there. Oh, just a moment. It's a spirit screaming for help. It's this woman right, sitting right here with her foot on the chair. Now, look. Look this way just for a minute. Now, both of you. While this dark streak is settled between you. This lady here, cancer condition, the operation from the throat. The woman sitting there has cancer. She has something wrong with her foot and she has cancer in her breast. Notice in another message, he says, them spirits are pulling one to another. He goes, you have a growth also, don't you, sister? That growth is on your neck. It's here, the light that just went out of it. It's called and screamed for mercy. And it was hanging up above you there, a dark-looking cloud. Excuse me, a dark-looking cloud. Around her neck, do you believe, or do you now believe, 1953? He goes, around her neck is a dark cloud. Seems to be about this square. When I looked at it, it was coming in and going... He goes, that's a demon. He goes, how do I know that? You can feel it pulling from out of there. What is it? Everyone that's screaming for help. And then I feel the faith of you believers moving in. And I can be, and it can be done, saying it can be done. And Satan's crying for help. Help. But the faith of it is saying it can be done. It can be done. And that's what this ministry team is telling us each and every service. It can be done. It can be done. But the devil is out. There's a dark cloud, a dark spirit calling out for help. Calling with, with this disease and that disease and this situation and that situation. But the ministry team, even like tabernacle is saying it can be done you can overcome you can be victorious you can rise above sin you can cast out them that's our message in this hour notice now this darkness that we've that we're speaking of tonight is not because God is unfair and he's unjust but it's because the people Romans 1 and verse 21 Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the, unco- of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto a corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanliness through the lust of their hearts. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and they worship and they serve the creature more than the creator. For this cause, God gave them up to vile, dishonorable, shameful affections. For even their women noticed the condition in this hour. Even their women did change the natural use into which is against nature. 
And likewise also men, leaving the natural use of woman, burn their lust one toward another, men with men working with that which is unseemly, and receiving into themselves the recompense of their error which is meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. That word reprobate means disapproved, rejected. See, God didn't arbitrarily to do it. He didn't just give it to them just to cast a decree down, but because they refused to retain God in their thinking, because they refused to hold God's word true and lift it up, God gave them over because they refused to repent of their evil deeds and their evil desires and their darkened condition. He gave them over to their own desires. He gave them over to filthy lust of the flesh. God gave them up to a mind that was disapproved, rejected, and reprobate. We find here in verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy and murder and debate and deceit and malignity and whispers. Notice the condition of the darkened mind of a man. Gross darkness, mind you. Not just darkness, but gross darkness. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, Covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death and not only do the same, but they have pleasure. They have pleasure in them that do them. This word pleasure here means they feel gratified. The state of man in the Odyssey is they are gratified with all their deeds. You can't tell them what's right because then you offend them. And we find that the prophet of God would say, look, he says, then he, when God sends something and the people receive it, they either receive it or they reject it. He goes, notice, when they, when they did receive it, then great signs and wonders and jubilee broke out. But when they rejected it, then darkness and gross darkness came upon the people. And I ask you, where are we at today? Well, Brother Joe, I don't want to hear a whole service about darkness. Well, church, you need to recognize the condition of the age in which we're living in. Recognize we're not part of this age. There's going to be somebody that's going to escape this age because you're recognizing the situation. You recognize the condition and the time in which you're in. And you realize there's been a message come. There's been a prophet come. God came down on this day and he manifested himself and he brought light to a dying generation. He brought light, not William Branham, but God brought light to this age. Notice, when the Pentecostal blessing struck Russia or Germany, they rejected the message. They laughed at them, put them in jail. What did they do? They rejected a cross, and they got a double cross, the swastika. You don't receive mercy, then there's nothing left but judgment. And in 1963, Brother Branham would indict this generation. He goes, I'm indicting this morning the Federation of Churches. I'm indicting the Pentecostals. I'm indicting the Presbyterians, the Baptists, every denomination in the world. By wicked, selfish greed, you took the word of life, crucified it before the people, and blasphemed it and called it fanaticism, which God has raised up in our midst to prove that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I indict this generation. 
And from that time of that indictment, the world that we know has only gotten worse and worse and worse. There has been laws that's been enacted that take away your Christian principles, that take away your Christian values. There have been laws that have been implemented to take care of the, the leftist agenda. Now, you have no rights. You're only the one that's not considered or considered to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? My goodness. What's the word? Crazy. That'll work. I am crazy. No, they're taking away all of our rights. You have no rights, church. The moralists or the, the majority, the agenda, the liberal agenda is demonizing you for holding on to a godly standard. Brother Brown would indict, not only did he indict the churches, but he indicted the church leaders. He indicted those because they took the word and they crucified it. Because why? It was man-made traditions. Oh, but the veil of traditions has been torn down, Brother Tim. It's been ripped down and now the people of God, the elect, the predestinated, the anointed can see who they are, that they're not behind man-made traditions. They're not following man-made ideas, but they're following thus saith the Lord. They're following the light that has been given to this hour. So what causes this darkness, Brother Joe? Isaiah 59. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity, they speak lies, and they conceive mischief, and they bring forth iniquity. Verse 7, their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are the thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their past. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Verse 9, therefore is God, is, therefore is judgment far Far from us, neither doeth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity. We wait for light. They long for light, but all they can have is darkness. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are desolate places. We are in desolate places as dead men. And we look in Revelations 3 and verse 17 and we find the condition of the church of our day. Right. And we find that the Bible will say, I'm rich, I'm increased with good, I have need of nothing. And knowest thou not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked and they don't even know their current condition. Right. Because the preceptors in their eyes cannot pick up the light that God sent. Because why? Because they would rather have their eyes and their minds and their thinking on evil continually that their preceptors have been shut off and they can't receive the light of the word. And I'll tell you, church, as it says in Matthew 13, blessed are your eyes for they see. Come on, evil light, tabernacle. Blessed are your eyes tonight for they see. Blessed are your ears tonight for they hear what sages and great men have longed to see and longed to hear. And yet you're privileged in this hour in the greatest of all ages in the darkest of all ages. Yet God has opened your eyes. God has opened your ears and you can see the word and you can hear the word and you can respond to the word. Prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which we see. And some of us still sit stagnant, not moved by the word. 
You say, Brother Joe, that's because you've been brainwashed. No, I know what it means to be a sinner. 20-something years of my life I lived away from this message. Didn't even know anything about it. You can't tell me that I'm brainwashed. No, but I have my name on the book. And when you see your name on the book like John saw his name on the book, all of heaven heard our John shouting. Come on, even light. There's nothing wrong with shouting when you see your name in the book, when you see the light that's been coming to you. God, shine down light so you can see who you are, your place in the body, your position in the word. That should make somebody shout. That should make somebody rejoice. Oh, hallelujah to God. He says this is in John 3 and verse 19. And this is the condemnation. The light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And the message of Shalom, he says, Now those that will not turn to light, there is only one thing that I can say this coming year. You're going to stoop darker and darker as the year goes on. But to those who will turn on this new year's to the light, then you'll get brighter and brighter into that perfect day that we look for his appearing where all darkness is faded away. Those who will turn to this light that I'm speaking of. Oh, you're going to get brighter and brighter. Oh, to a perfect day that we look for at his appearing where all the darkness is going to be faded away. Where Brandon would say in the message Shalom, he says, you know, I said to my wife, you know, it seems like that as years go on that it seems just people begin to get further and further away from the things that they should get closer and closer to. They get further and further away. And you find as we've gone in this message over the last four or five years, maybe seven, eight years, people have just gotten further and further until they completely left the message. Some in the natural, but there's others in the spiritual. Others are doing it spiritually, claiming that we're in another age. We've gone beyond the seventh age. We've gone beyond the seventh messenger. The bride is now the mercy seat. There's no blood. You don't need blood for the atonement. We got faith for the atonement. Oh, church, if you get away from the word, you get away from this message, not away from William Brandon, but get away from this message, all it will do is take you darker and darker and darker. And you'll find as soon as they get out there in that dark condition that they're in, first thing that the ladies do is cut their hair, put on makeup, strip down their clothes, and look like a street prostitute. And the first thing the men do is turn to the bottom, smoke cigarettes, and do all kind of things, tell smutty jokes, put on shorts. Let me tell you, that ain't light. That's darkness. That's the condition of humanity. That's the condition of unregenerated humanity in this hour. It's a dark place. He says, now, them people want to do right, but there's something about it that won't let them do right. It just presses down and forces them. It's like a heavy, dark fog over the whole earth. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 says, And this know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times are here. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. You can't tell them he's wrong. He loves himself so much he's made himself a God. I mean, you got people snapping selfies all the time. Why? Because they love their self. They posted it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on this one, that. Because they love their self. I mean, come on, they got the whole family on the back of a minivan. Yeah. 
and the dog and cat. Because man loves himself. See, the lovers of self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power to, from such turn away. Notice, denying the power. And the prophet of God said the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They deny the power of the Holy Ghost because you know what? They may speak in tongues. They may even shout. They may get a little bit fanatical. They may act like they're in church. But they deny the power of the word. They deny the influence of the word. And when you shut out the power of the word, only thing is left is darkness. You say, Brother Joe, that's just the world. No, the prophet of God said it's coming more and more into the churches. Let me just show you a clip. This is the church of Laodicea or where the church is getting in Laodicea. It's a short clip. Hope you don't mind. That's what you showed me last night. Will it not work? This is a church. This is a church of Laodicea. Lay it on back. the church of Laodicea. Lay it on back. You want to criticize our music? Won't you lay it on back? No, we ain't laying it on back, but you know what? People falling out in the spirit. This is the church of Laodicea. This is the darkness. This is because they deny the power of the Holy Ghost. Notice, watch here just a few minutes. That's fine. And the pastor gets up and he begins to admonish the church or, and to tell them, well, y'all got to lay it on back. Some of you kids need to teach your parents how to lay it on back. Some of you dads need to teach your family how to lay into the word. Amen. We're not the church. We're the bride of Jesus Christ. We're the anointed, the elected, the chosen, the predestinated, the adopted sons and daughters of God. We ain't the church. We're not going down. We're going up, church. We're not laying it on back. We're going up to higher heights, deeper waters. I'm here to tell you, we got something to shout about. We got something to praise God about. We got a word. We got light. We got a message. We're not in darkness, Laodicea. We're in the word of God. We got a, a light that's here to permeate every sin, every unbelief, every satanic oppression. We got a word to cast it out. We got a word in this hour. The world is dark. The church is dark. Right. Let me just get to a place. Isaiah 16 verse 20 says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and a gross darkness of people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen in thee. He says, now we're facing here in our two subjects that we read, two scriptures rather, a very contrast one. 
to another. Isaiah says, Arise and shine, for the glory of God has come upon us. The light is here. And then the very next verse, gross darkness is upon the people. So if there's light here, and there's darkness here, and darkness is upon the people, then there's got to be light upon the people as well. Oh, the word shows you who you are. You're by your desires. You can put yourself in this category or you put yourself in that category. He says, now the world is one of the most chaotic times of darkness that has ever stood in, and yet it's standing in again the most blessed light that's ever been received. Come on, church, what's wrong with you tonight? Oh, we're standing in the greatest chaotic time that there's ever been in all the world, but yet we're standing in the greatest light that there's ever been received. We got the greatest message that's ever struck this earth. We got the greatest prophet that's ever struck this earth. We got people that's been healed, that's been delivered, that's been set free. Why? Because the light has come. Your light has come. He goes here in the message of faith that was once delivered. He says, we're always saying how bad the world is. And I just shared with you how bad the world is. How the bootleg joints and the whiskey and the legalized drinking and gambling and prostitution and everything's going on. We're always talking about that. But we failed to find out, look where the church is too. I think I'm going to say that one more time because some of y'all are sleeping in here. Oh, you're talking about how bad the world's getting. Oh, their bootleg joints and their whiskey and legalized drinking and gambling and prostitution and everything that's going on. We're always talking about that, but you fail to find out. Look where the church is too. Look where the bride is too. Hallelujah, we're moving right on up. Signs and wonders are appearing everywhere. She's putting out seeds too. Oh, hallelujah, this church is putting out seeds too. Give me some volume. Oh, church, we've seen cancer heal. Amen. We've seen hair grow back on a little girl's head. We've seen infected eyes be made whole. We've seen lumps move off my, my wife's underarms. We've seen the power of God. You want to talk about how bad the world's getting? Look at the power that's in the church. Oh, let me put it like this. Look at the power in this church. Look at the signs. Look at the wonders. Look at the healings and deliver in this church. The light has come in this hour. We've seen brain bleeds healed. We've seen a young sister pray for a brother. 20 minutes later, staggering at the altar. Forever changed. I said forever changed. And if we can't get excited about that church, what are we going to get excited about? You can't get excited about cancer being defeated. You can't get excited about uh, alopecia being defeated. You can't get excited about a little boy who's never walked, jump up, and begin to run around. You can't get excited about that. He's showing you where we are. Signs and wonders will follow them that believe. I'm going to tell you, we got signs. We got wonders. We got miracles. We got a God that's alive tonight. He's here to set free. He's here to save. He's here to cast out. He's here tonight because we got light. We're not of darkness, little children. You're the light of the world. And the message of the end time is that you always talk about how bad the world is, how wicked the world is. That's true. But look how great the church is getting all the time. Man, I just talked to you about how bad the world is. 
Oh, if you can only realize if it's that bad, how bad or how great is a church? Look how great the church is getting all the time. When the world's getting wickeder and wickeder and wickeder, the church is getting more powerful, more powerful, more powerful. Oh, hallelujah. More powerful, more powerful all the time. Every service, every day, she's getting more powerful. The young people are getting fed and they're getting more powerful. Oh, the world is getting wicked and wicked. But the church, the bride of Jesus Christ is getting more powerful. Oh, it's a New Testament church. That's not just a soul for somebody, but she's rising up. She's rising up from her depths of despair. She's rising up from that dark age that she's been in of gloom and doubt. She's rising to her feet. Because why? Because we've received a message. Take your eyes off the world. Put your eyes back on the word. Oh, yeah, you need to recognize the age in which we're here. But don't let those age and what you hear and what you see so permeate your thinking and keep you beat down see we have a message and this bride is coming to full authority she's coming into her ministry because what he didn't finish when he was here in his ministry he works in and through us and we will complete what he didn't finish that's the message oh we got light church oh here we find now we're not, we're not operating under our own ability and strength. No, we're operating under thus saith the Lord. The prophet of God says she has, speaking about the bride, she has thus saith the Lord, or she keeps still. And he said also that the denominations under their message, they couldn't bring forth the great commission, but there's somebody here. There's a bride that's on the scene. She's going after the law. She's going to save those out of darkness, and we're going to take a rapture in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Somebody's going to be that final voice. Somebody under their message is going to be the final voice to the final age. I say it might as well be us tonight. It might as well be us when we preach the gospel and it goes around the world. We might as well be saying there's a light in this end time. You don't have to remain in darkness. You don't have to remain in sin. God came forth in this hour to bring you up out of it. What a glory is time. Satan's eating. He says it's the most glorious time of all the ages because we're facing the great millennium again. We're facing Eden again. That should excite you. But brother Joe, all I can think about is the murder. I know all you're thinking about is me almost getting killed and y'all were sad, wasn't you? At least I hope y'all were. At least everybody at the hospital was sad. But we see the scriptures. Don't look at the world. Look at what God is making us. Look who we are becoming by the manifest word of the hour. See, this Laodicean church age is the grandness of all church ages because it's the ending of time and the blending of eternity. Oh, there's going to be a day church between 6 and 9 in the morning. You get up, brush your nasty teeth, and take one step over, and all of a sudden, you're going to see loved ones that have come through that door that you ain't seen in a long time. And when you begin to see them, something's going to start happening in your body. You're going to start changing. Oh, hallelujah. You can have some reason to jump at that point because you're going to see that grandmother that came and died alone 20, 30 years ago, but you begin to see them. And when you begin to lay eyes on them, you begin to change. 
The denominations don't have that kind of word. We got that word. We had a prophet go beyond the curtain of time and tell us these things. Oh, hallelujah. It's the grandest of all ages. I don't care how dark it gets. Because the darker it gets, the brighter we shine. He says, now remember, Christ spoke of elected people for the last day. He said it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. But you can't be deceived. I don't care how bad your day is. You can't be deceived. I don't care how many trials you've been, been in. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered. The Lord snatches out of them all. It don't matter how bad your day was or your years being. Let me tell you, we got a promise in this hour. You can't be deceived because you're the predestinated, anointed, chosen of God. And the elect will not be deceived. Let me bring this to a close. Brother Brown makes a statement here in the adjunction of time. He says, notice again. He says, then when all hell turns loose. And I'm going to tell you, hell is turned loose in this hour. Had angel had the key to the bottomless pit, unloosed it, and the smoke filled the earth. Shut the light out. But when all hell turns loose, the prophet of God says, all heaven turns loose also. He says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he says, God will raise up a standard. He will raise up a word. He will raise up a people. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes in, when hell has been unleashed on you and you're having a bad day, I want you to remember one thing. All heaven is on your side. All heaven, all the earth, everything that God stands for, you have in this hour. He'll bankrupt heaven to make sure that word comes to pass. All heaven is being poured out also. Matthew 4 and verse 16. I want the musicians to come. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the regions of the shadow of death, light is sprung up. Brother Paul, it was maybe seven, eight, ten years ago, you sat in the regions of darkness. You had no idea about a message. Oh, but to those that sat in the regions of darkness, they saw a great light. Who think about Jared Winters last year was sitting in the regions of dark. Oh, but he saw a great light. He saw the word being manifested. He saw changes. He saw the power of God able to come down. It wasn't a man wanting to change, but God changing the man from the inside to the outside. Luke 1 and verse 78 says, And though the tender mercy of God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace. We have light, church. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 5 and verse 8. You can start playing New Testament church. I think we got a reason to, sh- uh, to shout about it tonight. This ain't no downcast, gloomy message tonight, church. I may have presented it that way in the beginning, but I want you to know you're special. Oh, here he says, for you were sometimes in darkness, but now. Come on, put that up there. But now. Can somebody say that tonight? But now. I used to be in darkness. I used to be in sin. I used to be in unbelief. I used to be in denominational. But now. But now, church. But now you are the light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Isaiah 60, verse 1. We're going to end it right here. Bible says, arise and shine. I said, arise 
then shine. For thy light has come. That word arise there means become powerful, little bride. Arise, become powerful. Come on the scene. Maintain oneself. Establish yourself. It's time that this little bride arises and lay on the scene. Oh, rise and shine. Be illuminated. Let this message illuminate your life. Let it pierce your dark, evil soul. Let it come down and begin to shine light where darkness was prevailed. Let the word of God come on the scene. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Oh, rise and shine. Oh, be enlightened by the word. Notice, arise and shine. Thy light. Thy light. Thy light. Thy message. Oh, your light, your absolute, your token that the fare has been paid, your abstract, the title deed, everything against you, Brother Mike has been stricken off. Your message, your light, your anchor to hold you in a time of a storm. Oh, yeah, your vindication that you are bride. Oh, that you're the word made flesh. Oh, notice what it says here, and the glory. Can somebody say glory tonight? Brother Joe, you're putting us to sleep. Well, maybe you need to lay it on back. And the glory. And the glory of the Lord. Oh, the glory of the Lord. The reputation of the Lord. Everything that he stood for has risen upon you. His healing, his deliverance, his protection, his miracles, his word, his reputation, his glory. It's risen. Oh, hallelujah. It's risen on you, church. Arise and shine. Thy light has come. Thy word has come. Thy truth has come. You're free tonight. You don't have to stay bound any longer. Arise and shine, little church. There's a New Testament church rising up. You got a reason to arrive. You're not of the darkness. You're of the light, little children. Come on, Brother Timothy. Oh, it's a New Testament church right here at Evening Light Tabernacle. In 2019, she's rising up. We're not digressing. We're not going back. We're not giving an inch to the devil. We're going forward. As I look out across the land, I see God's mighty hand. 